This is the Get A Life Podcast. X-Cult Conversations. To the teachers like that I know are listening to this, I just want to say something as a former student that was sexually assaulted in high school and I've helped a, a myriad of kids leave um, now that, you know, some, some of who have been abused, some who have been raped. And I'm seeing the effects on those kids that will last a lifetime. Whilst mm -hmm. I understand you have your family you're caring for as a teacher, your job, your career, and it's your source of income, um, you go into teaching from my understanding to care because you care about kids, because you care about the welfare of kids, because, and in particular, you're caring for kids that really don't have a family or structural society around them, the, the exclusive brethren or the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, that have them in their forefront. You know, it's, it's business, cult, religion first and we see that by the way that you're excommunicated and shunned and a, a plethora of other reasons so they need people like you to come forward they need they don't have anybody else and it's your duty to come forward and pr protect these kids yes it might cost you your job but at the end of the day we're talking about kids that are abused so i'm just taking this moment to beg you if you have or or know of anything do what you're you know you're you obviously care for kids, you're working with them. So mm -hmm. care for them. You know, come forward and tell your stories. We we beg you because the the lifelong consequences of, of the effects of abuse never go away. No. These kids are with them from their relationships to their jobs to intimacy within relationships because of a position whereby, you know, somebody could have stepped up and said, hey, no, this is not okay. And I think yeah. what I would want to add to that is just saying that I always tell people to put yourself in the shoes. If you have, especially if you have children, put yourself in the shoes of what you would want someone to do for your child or for your children to be. You want, you don't want to put a price on somebody's life and what they're going to suffer from. And what you put out there comes back to you. Right. So always put yourself in the shoes of what if this was your child, what would you want someone in the position that you're in to do? Right. I think it's super important because as soon as we put ourselves in the, into somebody else's shoes, automatically the right decision is made because you don't want you. Nobody wishes that on anybody. And yeah, in particular, kids, you can understand, like if, yeah. if you have kids and you can say, OK, if this is my kid being abused, what would I do? Yeah, or your nieces and nephews. There's children around you in your life somewhere. 100% there's children around you in your life somewhere. What would you want a person in your position to do if they knew something was happening to that close person, that close child in your life? That's no how you have to think. No it's a moral imperative. It's, it's an absolute moral imperative. Yeah. Uh, I don't care if it's, you know, 
um, the child of a, a king. I don't care. If you suspect yeah. that there's something going on with that child, how can you sleep at night if you don't do something about it? How can you do that? You can't. You can't do that. Um, the only yeah, way we're going to stop this pandemic, right, it's the yeah. only way we're going to stop it is if everybody yeah. realizes that, yes, it's disruptive in your life. Yes, there's all these the equations that are going to happen out of it. But ultimately, you are saving that child. That's what you're doing. You're literally saving that child. 100%. And regardless of what happens, your history history is happening. We're we're on the right side of history. Yeah. And are you going to be there? Like, regardless of what happens, someone one day is going to report it. Imagine it all being traced back, and you knowing that kid, and then being like, I could have stopped this years advance. Yeah. And no matter how much they offer you in money to, you know, sign an NDA or or um, keep quiet. It's a child's innocence. It's a child's life. And I am directly related to and dealing with somebody that's battling from that, from being raped as a child. This is yeah. your opportunity to help. Yeah, it, and it's, I, I could never understand in any situation someone that did not take those steps. And, yeah, you were mentioning, yeah, like this is, you know, your career. I think... In this, this particular time in the history of the world, you can walk into any school with a degree and pick up a job. You are not going to have difficulty picking up a job. Yes, you mentioned, Ben, that, you know, teachers um, who have worked at um, OSG for a while may not have the professional knowledge that their colleagues will have in other schools. However, those schools are going to be willing to upskill you. Yeah. And what you said, Cheryl, about making sure, you know, if this was a child that was in your life facing this, what would you do? That child is in your life. That child's in your class. That child's at the school where you work and you teach. You've invested into that um, environment by being a teacher um, at that at that school environment. And you're one of the few outside um, contacts that those kids have. How can you sleep at night if you don't do something about it? In I don't, fact, I don't you're probably you're probably the only person that can actually change the situation. Um, yeah. And I would also add that reporting it to a brethren member CEO is not going to help the child at all. Yeah, it's got to be the police. It likely it will likely make it worse for them. Um, yeah. You have to go to the police. You've got to go to external authorities. Yeah, hundred percent. And. I'm not sure of the law, you know, like in the UK or the US, but here in Australia, it is very clear that you have to, um, when you're a mandated reporter, you have to report that to a child protection agency within your state. You have to. You don't have a choice. So you were saying, you know, before, if it comes back to you years later and you find out that you could have stopped this, you're also likely to be charged criminally. Yeah. Um, so um yeah just yeah. i don't get that one i just I, that one makes me sick to my stomach i don't understand that yeah. one at all I, I get it it's fear but at the end of the day put yourself in that person's shoes you're the only and like i said at the start you're the only thing in this world that gives us hope because you're the only link to the outside world and they can't take away all the teachers because they need the teachers because they don't have the education or you aren't allowed to educate uh, within the brethren. So you mm -hmm. will be the only people that can help us kids. 
Exactly, hundred percent. Then there's uh, there's other ways. Yeah, one of the reasons that I was disappeared is because that they knew that I wouldn't take their crap. That you know, for example, if there was a situation like that, I would report. Um, I would speak up if um, the actions of I like to call them the vampires because I always felt like they were gargoyles above looking down on us as teachers and making sure that we didn't overstep our boundaries. Um, But, um, yeah, that was one of the reasons that I was disappeared. The other one was brethren businesses like businesses all over the world suffered financially um, during um, the pandemic and the schools are a business and I was too expensive. They couldn't afford to keep me on, um, even though it was there was a very, very strong um, indication when I had when I was interviewed that you know that that position would be continued to be ongoing. A teacher was disappeared while I was there. The campus vampires had a meeting with the primary sector staff and said, "We've got the right team in place now. We're ready to move forward. Um, let's." Yeah, let's put this in a contract. So they basically told me that I had a job. Then they advertised it and I had to go through um, the process. Now, for those of us who worked in different school systems, that's how the game's played. You will um, go through the interview and the job's yours at the end. Um, I'd already accepted a position at another school for the next year, so I really didn't care either way. Um, I went into the interview the vampires were in there, and the head, the new head of campus, was in there um, because the other camp, the campus head, who was not white, was moving on. Um, yeah, so um, they asked me all sorts of questions about the things that I thought that they were doing well and the things that they need to improve on. It was a very weird interview, so they were pumping me for information as to how that they could make their school better, and then. On the Thursday evening, um, the team and I were working back and we were, you know, preparing for the next week as teachers do. And the two campus vampires and the head of the new head of campus came in with a very, very young teacher, definitely a graduate. And, you know, I didn't have it at that point. I had no idea. I thought, you know, like maybe they're employing her in secondary or whatever. But it turned out that she was the teacher that they were going to replace me with because I was too outspoken and um, they used me for what they could get out of me as far as improving their school and then said, see you later. Like I said, I didn't care. I already had a position at school for the next for the next year. What I found really abhorrent with that situation was that this um, young girl was of Indian descent And so they had employed her on a campus level. They'd approved her employment. Now, I don't know what happened, but the next week they were re-interviewing and I'm thinking that from central office they've said no because she was Indian. Um, And for those of us on the outside, we know that Indians can be very traditional in their their ways of thinking, but they're also exceptionally hardworking people. and I have no doubt that she would have been a great teacher. Um, at the, you know, in, and I'm sure that she picked up a position in another school. But the fact that she was offered a role 
at a campus level as I was. And then the next week they're re-interviewing. I know exactly what happened. It's because she wasn't Caucasian. Um, she didn't meet the standards. And I'm still confused as to why they okayed her. My thinking is that the new um, new campus head, who didn't last very long, my understanding is they lasted six months before they told them they could shove their job, um, did not realise the depth of um, racism within within the organisation as well. And so they've made the approval for the employment of that teacher because they would have been told you have to get the cheapest teacher you can because our business has been affected and we can't afford an experienced teacher. And um, so they've employed the cheapest, best teacher that they could get and then they would have been told no and and they would have been smacked over the wrist because that person wasn't Caucasian. Um, for those people that don't know, there is not one child of colour within an OSC school, not one. They're all Caucasian. They do not get the experiences of a rich multicultural education or um, being exposed to that. There is a yeah. couple throughout, but they are brethren from that have, have migrated from Africa or yes. Caribbean. Um, it's not... And they will use them on the website as the sprinkled mm-hmm. token um, to make them look multicultural. They are not. And they are looked down on so much. Um, interracial marriages are not allowed and, and mm-hmm. were not approved. People were kicked out if they married a white or a black, like within within the brethren. Um, and just to attest to your your how racist the brethren are, and I, I'm glad you brought that up, um, in my years, when I was in year seven, we went through five Indian, Pakistani, South African teachers, um, teachers of colour um, and on different nationalities, they were absolutely bullied with an inch, like just the most horrific um, abuse from kids and were moved. And there's no, it doesn't like, for instance, like I, I understand why that they were, they don't want to employ um, other, other than Caucasian because they know how much, the ki- it will ha- how much of an effect it will have on the kids because the kids aren't exposed to that in the same way um, the gay community, in the same way anything slightly outside mm-hmm. of their narrative, the kids react to and it would obviously distract from their learning. Yeah, um, and the way that kids would, yeah, the kids would speak about people of different races, for example, um, was horrific um, and it's probably another reason why I was let go is because I would pull the kids up on it. Um you know, I'm a big one for Indigenous rights in Australia and I hadn't heard the word and my apologies, my sincere apologies to any of my Indigenous brothers and sisters that hear this, but please understand the context. I hadn't heard the word boom since the early 1980s, but those ch- but the children would use it freely to, wow. to identify yeah. anyone who was not Caucasian. Well, just to um, give you context, outside of Australia, that and the A word um, to to talk about our Indigenous people um, mm-hmm. in, in the same as using the N word. Like it's 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 so derogatory, so horrific, so horrific. And it was just everyday talk. Like I remember mm-hmm. my dad, one of his favourite sayings was, oh, I'd do the same for a black fella. Like it was, it was constantly, seamlessly integrated into their thought process that they were above, they were... Um, you know, and it all comes back to their Bible and their interpretation of the Bible. I mean, 
despite the, the scientific evidence that Jesus was a Northern white African, man. not a Caucasian white man, that is just right. modern day artists' paintings. It, it blows my mind. And this is back to beggar's belief, it, it, how, how um, limited their education is and their knowledge. And you're, you're talking about your words. It makes me so angry when I look at things like the Rapid Relief Team where they're celebrating NAIDOC week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how about you celebrate it by, by working with your own community mm-hmm. and explain how important it is um, that you don't use terms like this? Yep. Um, yeah, but if it's not making them money or giving them publicity, right? It's not about like that's that's the thing that needs to be exposed is the reason why they have these RRT and these charities that cover up who they really are. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, like come back to what you were saying about NADOC, Ben. Um, you know, I've NADOC was actually during the school holidays here um, this year, which was really poor timing. However, um, we did a lot of work in my classroom, which is obviously no longer at one school this year around NADOC. Um, but um, so for those outside of Australia, um, NADOC Week um, and um, Sorry Day, etc., are days that are not celebrated, but it's recognised and uh, recognising and um, acceptance of Indigenous cultures within Australia, which is something that has really grown, and I'm sure you would agree, Ben, over the last 10 to 15 years has become um, very much central to our conversation and we're just, we're having a, um, um, Ben, help me, it's early. What's the word? Um, I, I'm in the same tone, Ben. Calm down. <laughs> um, um, it's it's we're awareness. We're having a referendum. Yeah, we're having a referendum on a voice to parliament, which is simply that, there would be a group of Indigenous people who can offer a lens, an Indigenous lens or an Indigenous way on thinking on any proposed um, legislation. That's that's all it is. But, yeah, that's where politics becomes tricky and where things like focusing in on or understanding other cultures is frowned upon because it becomes political um, and the teaching of politics was not something that we were allowed to be involved in. Um, yeah. And the, I remember at school speaking up about speaking against George Bush and his interference into the Middle East. Now, the brethren absolutely adore and worship John Howard and George Bush. Yes, and what he did. And I remember instinctively, and I like regret it to this day, and with other kids, like, speaking out against this teacher because of her opinions of George Bush. So if you're ever watching this, I'm sorry. Um, but now I have a very different opinion uh, about George Bush, but it was, it was you know, heavily indoctrinated into you that um, he did what was right. You know, he did, he did save the Middle East, whereas, you know, you know the facts today that Iraq is in a, in a worse condition than it ever was because of the mm-hmm. US, because of... Absolutely. And that that entire war, as with anything to do with the brethren, is all was all or the war was, and the brethren is all about money, and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why yeah. they worship yeah George Bush because it's all about money. Yeah, I was just going to say, did you like so on the note of racism? Did you notice anything else like um, within that community, like homophobia, for example, or? Um, yeah, what, what, so, 
Um, the word faggot was, again, and my apologies to those in the LBGTQ community because that is such an offensive word and it is not one that I use. Again, I'm an advocate. Um, my sister-in-law is bisexual. We have members um, within the community, um, within my family, and I find that offensive. Um, but, yeah, the, the word faggot was thrown around. The kids did not understand what that meant, but the word faggot was thrown around a lot. It was used as an insult. They understood it was an insult, but they did not understand what it meant. Um, what, did you ever come across the expression, because one of them that was most common and I think most degrading for me, like I used to, it used to really like feel like self-harm was when people would say, when something wasn't going right, oh, it's just so gay or that's gay, like yes. it's synonymous with the word crap, like it was less than. Yeah, and again, I think that comes back to the idea of the thought process seemed to be 15 behind 15 years behind the rest of the world um is in saying that something was gay in the early 2000s you know oh that's so gay you know as an insult it wasn't necessarily used as an insult against gay people but yeah it, it was used as an insult to say that something was lying or something was stupid but what people didn't realize by using that was that they were actually being highly offensive. And we know that. I knew that at the time, and it's not something that I used in my vocabulary. I remember having conversations about with people about it, which growing up country, <laughs> um, where, um, yeah, where, you know, again, things can be a little bit behind. Yeah, I was laughed at for that. Um, but, yeah, that, that insult of something being gay and as being put down is... Obviously, a horrendous slur, but it's also used. And I and again, I don't think the kids really understand what they what they're saying with that because they haven't been exposed to it. Yeah, they don't know what that means. Um, but, like they've been exposed by telling them that it's wrong, um, but they haven't been exposed to the richness of um, the community. They don't understand and why it was yeah. wrong. They would then because they have such a hatred um, for gays. Like, it's such a hatred. Um, and I think, like, I know this because I hated, you know, the gays. Like, it was such a, myself, it, it, it's such a hatred. Sorry, I haven't got my glasses. What is this? This is So this is a very, very recent review um, that was put on about One School Global. It's from July 22nd of 2023. And it's titled Homophobic and Racist. And it's from a teacher in Sydney. And... The pros are there are absolutely no other no other pros other than the kids are poor unfortunate souls trapped in a multi-generational cult. Collins, do not work here. They are only members of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, exclusive brethren. They are extremely racist, ageist, sexist, homophobic views, starting with the CEOs, trustees of the school, down to the kids. The school the school are not about furthering the education of the students as they're forbidden to go to university. Highest turnover of staff I've ever witnesses, witnessed. And I just can't read the rest of it. But I mean, there's a very recent review. I'll attach a bunch of reviews onto the end of this podcast that people mm. can read through um, that give that give a very <laughs> stark and harsh reality of what former teachers think of osg what would you say in your opinion is their downfall of this of of their school 
Um, so there's two for me. The first one is treating education like a business. That never works. Um, it doesn't work in independent schools either, um, but particularly for the, the fact that businesses are operating out of their campuses. Um, school is not a business. School should be about preparing kids for their futures. And if you're in a closed community, it's a perfect vehicle to prepare the kids for the future within that community. And that's very much or very clear. Um, the second one for me is the fact that because they are so closed, they don't have the opportunity to experience anything other than what they're exposed to within that very small cloistered society. Um, and so, therefore, those kids' potentials and the potential as to who they could be is not being fostered. Um, and that's in a number of ways. It's within, obviously, the, the lack of um, clear um, and rigorous thought within education. It's around um, the, you know, the, the East, you know, that we just came through that screenshot, you know, the fact that I was in my 40s, I wasn't seen as young and pretty, so, you know, I wasn't something to aspire to. Um same with another friend who um, has recently left, you know, was no, was no longer young and pretty, so therefore wasn't acceptable. Um, the ageing women within the <laughs> within the system, that's that's something else entirely, but, yeah, they were treated really poorly. The, the way that people with disabilities are isolated that I mentioned earlier, that is disgusting um, and it's really concerning. Um, you know, Yet they being, would take happily take the government's money for the NDIS. Oh, of course they do. Of course they do because, you know, like having an aid in the classroom is seen as being a support. That aid isn't used for that. That aid's used to cover books or to work with the secondary students to make sure that they get that magic 31 score so they get more money. Um, wow. Also, um, the isolationism of the, of the group itself um, leads to the... Um, the the way that dis, the people with a range of abilities are treated, the the sexism, the homophobia, the um the the list just goes on and on. And I think to me that that's the biggest downfall is that the isolationism of the actual organisation itself is breeding a gen a generations of young people who A, don't have the opportunity to meet their potential and B, are perpetrating in the name of a very warped view of religion um, what the leaders of the church see to be the way to live, which is not the way to live. It's just terrific. And that's the biggest downfall to me, the the, the limiting of, of young people's potential is huge. Absolutely. And what would you say to somebody if someone came to you and said, hey, I've got an interview at OSG next week. I, you know, I've heard you work there. What would you say to that person? Don't go. Don't even bother applying. Um, the, la the large majority of educators, uh, the nearly all educators that I know, um, understand the importance of supporting kids exploration of their sexuality, supporting children with disability, and that's not easy. We know that. Um, but, you know, look, we consistently strive to make sure that we can find a way to support those kids well. Um, don't expect to be working there past the age of your 35. Don't open your mouth 
against anything that the church doesn't believe in because you won't have a job the next week. Um, do you really, is your moral imperative so poor that you're going to be willing to work in an environment where things like sexual abuse are swept under the carpet? Um, are you willing to do that for the sake of your job for your job? There'd be I'd I'd be there for an hour telling the reasons why not to go to that interview. And and the large majority of people that would ask me about that, I would say don't even bother applying in the first place. And we know that there is a bunch of mass walkouts happening. There's people being dis there's it's it the school system globally is going Mm -hmm. through a huge upheaval now. And I mean, I think for all of us ex members, we just hope that these children get rescued from a system like this and have to get put back into a regular public school system because oh, that's absolutely. what they deserve. Yeah. yeah. Whilst, and, and-, and whilst I might add that the public school system isn't free from the issues that were brought up, no, they are also able to get away with it, though. They aren't able to hide things under the table, they are accountable because they mm-hmm. don't have community members running the school. They don't have a heavily educated system. They do have the, the forefront of the, the safety of the kids, the furthering mm-hmm. of their education. They the, get to meet the... friends outside of what they're being raised in to realize, then they've got these choices. Hey, you know what, what I'm living in doesn't really suit me. And so they develop a um, their own personal opinion on whether or not it, this feels right to them or not right now that choice is taken away from them these children are completely indoctrinated 24 7 through education through church goings through their friends through their parents through the businesses that they get placed at they have no choice on whether what they feel is right for them or not yeah well, and one yeah, thing i would like... sorry so i was just going to say there was there was a lot of outrage a few months ago when the taliban forbid women in Afghanistan to go to university and you know people were rightly upset and outraged and at the same time the governments in the western countries are financing schools that don't allow any of the students to go to Mm -hmm. university the Taliban are actually ahead at least they let the boys go to university and when you look at it in that context you see the you know why why is the government financing this organization yeah, and yeah. and for me that comes down to religionism because um, the Brethren Church hides behind the veil of Christianity, and so therefore, from a Western perspective, they're seen as more desirable than, for example, um, an Islamic state such as Afghanistan is at the moment. Neither is desirable. Both are oppressive, um, and both are violent um, in not only their actions but their deeds as well. And, um, Cheryl, you were saying before about choice and on reflection on that question that you asked about what would be the biggest downfall of the school system, it's the lack of choice and the lack of ability for kids to find out who they are. As you were saying, Ben, um, no school system is perfect. However, every other school system I've worked at has had an active policy around um, supporting and recognising students being able to identify their sexuality, for example. There is very strong, um, and it's written in law, and that's the part that I can't get over with with, um, 
OSG is that it is written in law and every school I've ever worked at has a very, very strong child safety policy. It's the first thing that's written in any school's mission statement, the first thing. Um, and the fact that they are sweeping this under the carpet in a 1950s-style way, um, it blows my mind. It's illegal, <laughs> and yet governments are still fucking this. I don't understand. They, they, and that's the thing, they get away with it because they appear to, and look, the government isn't going to drill down into it unless people like yourself come forward and we raise awareness about it, but they get mm -hmm. away with it because they appear to be having a, you know, reporting system. But if you drill down into it, the reporting system doesn't go anywhere but the brethren. It's a smart sheet. It's a literal reporting system within the uh, their own school. So, of course, if you're trying to prepare or, or keep your reputation looking, you know, smick, you're not going to allow these reports to go anywhere but your own system. So they have a reporting system, but it just goes to them. It just is within their own school. Yeah, it's exactly. Protecting. Yeah, exactly. Like the little one that just appeared on the screen. You really? know, I'm so glad that, um, you know, they're not within that system because the thought of a he young wants child. To tell them why. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we're very grateful you came on and gave us an an inside mm -hmm. look as to what you went through. Um, mm -hmm. I want to invite all ex OSG teachers that have left have maybe contacted us for before that you're, we can come on here and let's do this anonymously. Let's raise the awareness because first and foremost, we've got to be able to try and give these children in these schools, the opportunity of choice, the opportunity of being able to make a decision um, from, from what they know feels right or doesn't feel wrong. I'm not, there might be children in there that want to have the system that they're in, but I can guarantee you that there are a lot of children in there that don't want to be in where they're on, but they don't know that. Right. Yeah. So I invite those that want to come on here and do this anonymously, email us info.getalife at proton.me. Um, you can find Ben on TikTok. Um, I am on TikTok. There is a few other people who are on TikTok. Anne Hamilton is on there. Abby Thompson is on there now. Um, message Carmen's got an email address up there. I think this is the way that we need to go. I think we need to start giving these children um, a space and a landing pad of choice. And we do that by coming together and coming forward and exposing as much as we can so that they don't get the government funding that they do. It was almost taken away from them in uh, Sweden. I think that it just needs to be constantly being exposed. And we know that they cannot continue covering up what they're covering up with the band-aids that they're using. It'll fall apart eventually. It's something that I'm very passionate about um, because the wrongs that I saw were just horrific. And um, the last thing I want to point out is a critic will say, hang on, you said that you worked in other schools, for example, Catholic schools, the difference between the Catholic schools or any other religious school and the OSG is that kids are allowed to have an opinion and they're allowed to explore. Um, they do not, they have a life outside of their religion and they understand how the word works. Kids within brethren communities do not have that and that is um, why I'm so passionate, but I mean, apart from the other reasons that I've mentioned, which are just as important, but yeah, that, now, that's our next scientist that can discover something that needs to be discovered is sitting inside OSG right now, not allowed 
to access. Our next breakthrough doctor could be inside there. Our ne- There's so many of these people that are in tiny bodies in that in there that could be the people that we're waiting for yet are blocked at being able to gift this planet with what they came here to gift the planet with due to the schooling system that they're locked into. It should be illegal. If there was any other, if there was any other religious school doing what the Plymouth Brethren Christian church gets to do with their school, there would be an, it would be all over the news. There would be a huge uproar over this type of isolation. And yet it's happening in your backyard. Yep. And there, there was a girl, there were girls in my class that could literally run this world. They were so intelligent. And one girl, she was so, she like was topped the stage, like topped, like, and I, I've heard that she was never allowed to, to receive the award. I don't even think she knows to this day that she taught, like she received an award because she wasn't allowed to, because the, mm. they didn't want to know the CEOs. Yeah. And it's so wonderful that, to you know having that conversation about the fact that we're as a as a global community we're having we're missing out on the potential that those people can provide yeah um and so are those so are those people themselves that simply they didn't all just come here to be businessmen they didn't all come here to be secretaries that's not you don't have that many people that just are coming here to choose that, you know, that they're unfulfilled. And I mean, we've heard the stories up there, right? People, people's kids who, you know, wanted to be a veterinarian or people's kids that wanted to be a doctor and yet can't do that. Right. So I think by, by coming on here, the way that we can set this up now um, and help expose this, that we can make this change so that these people can be freed from the constraints that they're in and be who they came here to be.
Yeah, so thank exactly. you, Ben, for for joining us and coming on and sharing your experience. And OSG teacher, thank you so around. much. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Really appreciate it. Thanks to everyone for watching, and until next time, take care. If you are in a high-demand religious group and need help, please go to alloflief.network. To share your story or be a guest on the show, email info.getalife at proton.me. Please remember to like this video, subscribe to get a life and comment.